Good morning. My name is Kathy Connor, and I'm one of the pastors here at First Pres. And I get to remind us that worship is God's party, and we've all been invited to come just as we are, where everyone is invited and welcome to the table. Our hope is that when you come, you will go deeper in your relationship with Jesus, and that you will discover what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. If you are new to First Pres, welcome. We invite you then to go to our website after worship, fill out a connect card, which you can access by scanning this QR code. It will take you directly to the connect card itself so that you can learn about ways to get connected into the life of the church through life groups, serving, or ways that we might encourage and care for you as well. If you'll also share the service on Facebook so that others might join us in worship this morning. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, you have invited us to come. You invited us into a day that you're creating. We're watching you create this day before our very eyes. Trees, grass, birds, everything just screams out that you're real and that you're as near as our breath. Oh Lord, help us to understand that it is an invitation that welcomes us all to the table so that we know that we are accepted and loved and treasured by you and that we can come as we are. And some of us have come tired. Others of us, Lord, are grieving. And some come in need of healing. So we pray even now for Rachel Patterson. We thank you, Lord, that she just finished her last chemotherapy treatment for breast cancer. Thank you 
Jesus. We pray for Nikki Vivian's little nephew, an infant born just a few days ago, little Henry, but with low glucose, Lord. So we're asking that you create in him a healing ramp up to a robust and healthy life. Lord, we also lift up the family of Denise Martin. We pray over David, her husband, her beloved daughters, Allison and Megan, their whole family, the grandchildren in the loss of Denise last week. We also, Lord, pray this morning for Emily Davis's father, Witty Davis, uh, who had some kind of a heart event last night, is in the hospital right now, who is online with us right now, Lord, knowing that you are the great physician. We're asking for your healing grace over him. We pray for anyone who woke up this morning with an expectant heart, wanting more, not necessarily even knowing that it's you they need, Father, but we know it, that it is, that you're the one, that you came to love us, to rescue us, and to call us back to yourself. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that we're here and we're ready to hear from you and to listen and to receive what you want to give to each one of us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Good morning, First Prez. Please stand with us.
my good friends in the room online, here we are in this building dressed for Christmas, and we've begun the celebration. Yes, we have. And the building looks beautiful. You can see it from your homes. You can scoot up to the edge of your chair if you want to in your den. Don't knock your coffee over. Take a good look at everything. And here I invite you to to gaze on the Advent wreath. Advent is the name of the season that we have begun. In fact, today is the first day of the Christian year. It's marked by Christian people as a way to start because Advent, Latin word, it means a visit or a coming, and what it is is the visit or the coming of the Messiah, that God is going to become a human being and in the flesh is going to come and rescue us. We anticipate, I would say we even yearn for God to break into our world in a new way because we need healing, we need restoration, we need fairness, we need peace, we need salvation. And that's what we celebrate at Advent, the coming of of the Messiah. And so one candle for each of the four Sundays in the season of Advent and the candle in the middle is the Christmas candle. We will light it here in this room for people online as well as in the room on Christmas Eve, December 24th. With that, I will light the Advent candle and then we're going to step over to the other side of the stage here and do something really fun. This morning, I have the privilege of inviting the Evans family to come forward, Jillian and Colton, with their beautiful son, Ryland. And as y'all come forward, I'm going to welcome your whole family that's here, which is just wonderful. We have grandparents, uh, Kelly and Robert Evans, and grandparents, Mary Beth and Joseph Bologna. And then standing up front with Colton and Jillian will be the godparents, uh, Samantha Evans, who is Colton's sister, and then Will Bologna is uh, Jillian's brother. We're so grateful that you're here this morning. So I'll say something again about yearning. I believe that you and I, particularly right now, we yearn for things to be different, transformation, renewal. And that's what happens to you and me when we decide to renew our devotion, our connection to Jesus. So these parents are going to make a decision for this little fella. But what we all want to do is love again Jesus Christ. And you can right now renew your vow, your covenant with him, even as we observe this family committing to raising this little boy so that he at one point in his life will decide for himself to be a follower of Jesus. Colton and Jillian, as you present little Ryland for baptism this morning, do you claim that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? If so, say we do. And will you promise to teach him about Jesus? Will you read scripture to him? Teach him how to pray. Pray with him and for him. Teach him what it means to follow Jesus by following him yourselves. If so, say we will with God's help. And will all of you, in the name of Jesus and in the Church of Christ, agree to undertake with the Evans family the Christian nurture of little Ryland so that one day Ryland will be able to say that Jesus is his Lord and Savior on his own? If so, say we will. We will. Okay, that taken. Here we go, little buddy. Right over here. Thank you. There we go. Ryland Joseph Evans, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, sweet thing. Friends, look what God has done. Is he not precious? He really is. And I just want to ask that from this day forward, that you all will serve as the loving arms of God so that Ryland will grow in faith and life due to your loving example. And now may the blessing and the mystery of your baptism sink into all of our hearts and all of our lives as well. Amen.
if you are looking for ways to honor or surprise a friend or a family member this Christmas, one way that you might consider doing that is by purchasing a poinsettia and filling out a dedication form that we will then present in, in the weeks coming. You can actually access that form on the church website, or you can grab one of the forms as you leave out through those double doors. They'll be on a table waiting there for you. The men and women that live on the streets around us have often come from places of trauma and instability. So you and I have the opportunity to make sure that they know that they have not been forgotten, that they're treasured by us, by Jesus, as we all invite them to God's table of hospitality on Sunday, uh, well, next Saturday, December 5th, in the morning for our annual Christmas breakfast. It will all be outside to be COVID safe, but we need your help. And I wonder if you would consider going online and signing up for one of the items that we desperately need so that we can serve them with abundance and care, or would you be willing to go online and also serve next Saturday morning? As you consider those things, I just want to thank you for how meaningful and impactful that is. We also know that in the Gospel of John, he reminds us that Christmas is when God became a man and lived among us. Another translation of that is that God became a man and moved into the neighborhood. When you give back to God, you are bringing the love and hope of Jesus into this neighborhood, your neighborhood, and in neighborhoods all around the city and beyond. Here are five ways that you can continue to have transformational impact far beyond what you could imagine. God bless you for that. Please stand with me. I believe we can all agree that this year isn't exactly what we necessarily anticipated. And although we may have gone into this week preparing ourselves to be thankful, some of us may be struggling or may have struggled to find something to be thankful for, or maybe didn't even have the time to really think about it. But that is something that is so important. And the Lord has done so much in our life, in, in this church, in our nation, and we just have to take the time to think about it. So I would ask you to join me to bow our heads and just thank the Lord for what he's done in your life, in our church, in our country, whatever it may be. Just take, let's take this time.
Good morning, friends who are with us on Facebook or on YouTube First Prez, on the website. Good morning here in the room. What a great way to get started in Advent. We're, we're talking about tables this month. That's what we're going to do. But before I do that, just, just a moment ago, I received a text message. John, I hope you're with me, the Faircloth family. Today is the sixth anniversary of Jackie's accident, and we have Jackie's colors here with us and I just wanted to remind all of us, this family, that we've been praying for Jackie. She incurred a head injury in Tallahassee six years ago this very day, and we continue to pray for her. In fact, I'm going to pray for Jackie right now if I could. 
Gracious God, you love us, and you love this family, and you love the families within this family, and we pray right now particularly for Jackie, for her sense of your presence, for the love that she feels from her family. We, we've been praying for her for six years, and we will not stop, and we know ultimately that you will visit her, that you're coming to her as you are to all of us, which is what we celebrate in this season of Advent, this season of the coming of the Messiah. In ways that we will never understand, gracious God, this is so hard. At the same time, we're going to find a way to trust you because you are good. And we know that all things will be restored when you finish the giant project that you have begun in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So for Jackie, for her family, or mom or dad, or all of her family, we, we pray right now that we would all know a sense of your comfort and your presence. All this in the name of Jesus, the Messiah. Amen. So you may have noticed I'm sporting a tuxedo. Can you see it? Yes, you can. So I have on a tuxedo. Here's an important thing you need to know. This is not a rental. It belongs to me. It was, it was sized for me. I personally own a tuxedo, or you believe in that. I am wearing Christmas socks. They are a picture of my puppy with a Santa hat on, but the tuxedo, all legit, the shoes, everything, legit. And you're thinking, why in the world are you wearing a tuxedo? And the answer is this. When we come to the table and we're all invited, this is what we look like after we've been around Jesus for a little while. Transformed totally different. Did you not catch that in the song? Wasn't that a great song? If you want to know what we were singing, it's called Come to the Table. It's the theme for the Advent Sundays. Sidewalk Prophets wrote the song. If you want to go find it and listen to it for yourself on your own, do so. But here's what happens to us. The best version that God made you to be, you grow into that. You're transformed into that made over again new when we come to the table. Be really sure about this. It's not a dress code to get in. No. You don't have to be this way to get into the table. You come as you are. Did you catch that in the lyric? We come with all of our brokenness, all of our need, all of our sin, all of our shame. That's how we show up. At first prayers we say it this way. Come as you are because it's okay not to be okay. At this table, look at it. Like the whole room in this table, just a banquet. And I'm stepping out of the way so you folks online can see this beautiful table that's set here. Christmas themes here. And what we're celebrating is the arrival, the visit, the coming of the Messiah who takes you and me messed up and Several of you have said to me, I didn't think you had any clothes like that this morning. Others of you have said, I, you look pretty sharp. I think I'm taking that to mean I normally don't. <laughs> hey, transformed, made over again new. Because see, what's happening is God's big project that gets launched by the birth of the Messiah. All things made new again. That's what's going on. That's why we're excited that's why we're so enthusiastic about what's happening out there. And here's Christmas, the lights. This is my observation. This year, it's already legal to put all everything up. But did you notice, was it just me, that lots of lights went up early? I noticed it. And here's what I was thinking. It's yearning. We're yearning in a way that we just haven't in such a long time. Yearning for what? Yearning for all this brokenness and hurt and unfairness and disease where we, we want it to go away. And in some sense of it, you and I want it. And maybe Christmas lights help us to go to a happy place. I started playing Christmas music, no shame, November 1. I wanted to be happy. Here's, here's something I would say to you about the human being and the way God made us. It's overwhelming to see the whole globe struggle. It was just in the last few decades that human beings had to deal with the pain, not only in their own lives, in their own lives, and in the lives of their family or their church or their business, but we get the pain of the whole world on top of us all the time. And yeah, we're yearning. 
And so, wow, is it not tremendously important to recognize that we just show up in whatever kind of mess we're in, no dress code allowed, and we end up like this. When we get next to Jesus, because he gives us himself. Here's what happens with Jesus. We're going to read a story about Jesus who has been at, he's, been, he's at a, a big table. And here's what happens with Jesus. All the time, Jesus is hanging out with his people, and they always are having meals together. And it, every single time Jesus is having a meal with people, he says some really important things. He always shares at meals, always. And he's sharing two things. He's sharing himself, relationship. He's saying, be with me. But he's also always sharing transformational truth. He says words that are him, and he gives us himself. And the next thing you know, we're brand new people. We're made over again new. And we look pretty sharp because we've been at the table with Jesus. During this theme that we're working with this month, come to the table, this is what we want you to do. I want you to do it. I want you to do it. I want you to take pictures of the table scenes that are happening in your life. Maybe you have some already from Thanksgiving. Scenes of work at the table, kids doing homework, meals, whatever it is. And we want them, you to send them to us. If you'll send them to us, we'll publish them. Send hashtag the table first prez or send them to us at firstprestampa.gmail. Dot com. I mean, at, at gmail.com. And we're just going to have some fun. And we will use the pictures just to show each other how it is that we've been coming to the table. It'll be a fun way to sort of make all this make a little more sense and to fold it into our lives. Well, we're going to be at a table, and here is a version of it. But we also have a key verse. And I want to make sure we talk about that key verse for a minute. It comes from the biography of Jesus written by the Apostle John. John chapter 1, verse 14. Kathy has already mentioned it when she said that Jesus moved into the neighborhood. This is a slightly different translation, and I'm going to hyperlink this for you to some important words that come from way back at the beginning of the Bible. Just reminding you that John chapter 1, verse 14, and this translation comes up like this way. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. This key verse for coming to the table. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we're going to talk about this verse a little bit every week. Three things I want to say to, to you about it right now this morning. One is it says, the Word became flesh. Well, in verses 1 through 4 and 5 of John, what John basically said is Jesus is the Word, is the Word, and is Jesus, etc. So in other words, John is saying that the Word, which is God, is also Jesus, and Jesus became a human being. It says here, made us dwelling among us. Kathy said, moved in the neighborhood. There's a fantastic Greek verb there, skenao, and it means pitched his tent. Jesus, the Word, the Almighty God of the universe, pitched his tent with us. Now, now hyperlink, you ready? Another way of using, another word for pitching the tent is tabernacle. Put on your thinking about what the whole movement of Jesus is about and connecting it to everything in what we call the Old Testament. And here's how God's presence was clear to the people of Israel as they wandered around. They carried around a box and in the box were the Ten Commandments on the rocks and they pitched a tent every night and it was just bright what John is doing here is hyperlinking us to the journey of faith with the people of Israel the presence of God in a tent later on they're gonna build a building a temple a real building a huge in Jerusalem but for now the presence of God is dwelling among them in a tent. And John is saying that Jesus who's getting born is this same presence of God that you've been talking about as long as you've been alive for a thousand years. Hyperlink. The Bible is a unified story from beginning to end pointing to Jesus. And when we hang around him, we become very different people. 
That's the second thing I wanted to tell you. The third thing is this word glory. It's not a word you and I use. We don't use it very much, so I want to tell you what it means. Hebrew, kavod. In Greek, doxa. And what the word means is, in some sense, is just kind of a, a material word. It means the weight or value of a person materially. But it moves on to mean importance, significance, honor, superior person, the glory of God, presence. And then connected to that would be brightness. So what we're saying here is the almighty God of the universe who made everything and who you represented when you carried around a tent with, my, with his rules in it, he's now become a human being. What John is saying to us is Jesus exudes God's characteristics, summarized as glory. He exudes it. And John is saying Jesus is the glory of God. Those two powerful things. The almighty God of the universe has moved into our neighborhood, and we will never be the same because of it. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That's what we're celebrating now at Advent. So I want to read this story. And as I read it, I want you to think about three themes. And we're going to talk about these themes in the story this morning. You'll see them here. Watch how they weed into it. See the themes, and then I'm going to read the story. Compassion. God moved into the neighborhood because he loved us. Reconciliation. God moved in the neighborhood of us, brings his fullness to us, represented by glory, to put us back together again with him and with each other. In expansion. God moved in the neighborhood, loves us, puts us back together again, and he wants to add a whole bunch of leaves to that table. All of us are invited. So here's the passage. Remember, Jesus is at a dinner party, and he's teaching. He's giving himself, and he's giving this transformational truth. This is from Luke's biography, Luke's Gospel, chapter 14. When one of those at the table with Jesus heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, and here comes the teaching, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for now everything is ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. And, and second, another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. And still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go quickly out into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. A way to sort of begin to see a banquet is to observe this video that I think you'll find quite moving. and expansion become a way that the glory of God can be experienced when we build our lives around the banquet feast of Jesus. Jesus is at a big fancy meal and someone says, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. In other words, when God's big project gets put back together again, here's what God's doing. In the beginning, we had a place called Eden. And the dimension of God and the dimension of human beings were on top of each other. They were one. And what happened is human beings says, I got this. I can do it without you. And we got them separated. The God dimension was separate. God gave us the freedom to step away. 
And the next thing you know, there's only an overlap, but they're not on top of each other. And Jesus is putting it back together again. That's the big project. He's the one that makes us able to sit at a big table with each other. That's what this, message, this person means, the feast at the kingdom of God. Oh, is it going to be some kind of a meal? And we're all going to be restored. It prompts Jesus, when this person says this, to tell a story in which we hear about the heart of God. So we go on. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. So here's how it worked in the first century. If you were a person of means and you were throwing a huge party, the first thing that went out was sort of a combination, save the date and RSVP request, but it was word of mouth. It's the same way, word of mouth, how we're trying to get it done today also, by the way. Relationally, we invite others to this table to expand it. People we care about, people we know, we invite them with our words. So word of mouth, out it goes to this great number of people. Then everything is ready. And again, there'd be two invitations in the first century in Eastern Mediterranean, the protocol. This is exactly how big fancy meals would be put together. When the meal was ready, the owner who had servants sent them out again saying, it's ready, it's the dinner bell ringing. It takes a while, obviously, several hours to sort of let everybody know, but that's what's happened here. Notice what happens. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come on, everything's ready. Dinner bell's ringing, but they all began to make excuses. So here's where the compassion of God begins to get lost because we're not reconciled. And reconciliation is what's going to happen at the table. Look what happens next. The first person says, I just bought a field. I'm too busy with my business. I simply don't have time. I'm not coming. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen, and for folks in this situation, that would be a lot. This is a person, a landed person, a person of means to have that many oxen because it means they owned at least 100 acres of land, way more than most regular people owned. I'm too busy. i got to work my land. And the third one says, I just got married, dude. I'm not coming to your party. Excuses. Now, here you can look at these excuses as two ways. I would suggest to you you look at them this way important things good things but notice what they've done they've crowded out the decision to follow Jesus and now's where we begin to yearn again am I a person who's let the good and the not so good crowd out my relationship with Jesus we don't we don't want to be there I get it we do it. See, again, in the beginning, when the, everything was awesome in the garden, in the dimension of God, in the dimension of humanity, was all on top of each other, all seamless, what we sort of did was we sort of bumped God out of the way. So, wait a minute, I, I can figure out how to do life. I can figure out what's good, what's not good. I, I can do this myself. And we just crowd Jesus out. It's not that bad and good aren't, those are important questions, but we can't do it without God. But we thought we could. And so we have to say, I'm sorry, because we broke stuff. Reconciliation happens when we let go of that release. We don't let stuff, good stuff, we don't let it crowd Jesus out. And we go back to the decision that we want to make every day. Maybe today for the first time, maybe today for the 1,000th time. I'm going to trust you, Jesus Christ. I'm going to follow you. I'm coming to the table. I'm hungry. I want to eat. I want to be different. That's what we're being invited to do here. So, I can't come, says the married person. The servant goes back and reports all of this to the, to the owner, to the, to the person who's a landed person, a wealthy person, really, who's throwing this big, huge party. And the, he gets a little mad. I don't blame him. He says, look, to the servants, go invite everybody. Notice who gets invited. Come as you are. Let this be code for all the rest of us, not the people who are already tight, not the people who already have it together, the broken most of us. That's who gets invited next. And we have here first century people who are in deep trouble, deep need, lame people, blind people, crippled people. Just throw yourself in there. Don't, don't make that them. Let that be me. Let that be us. 
you're, you have received. I have received an invitation to come to this table. And I want to say yes. And guess what? These folks are hesitant. They have to be urged, it says, verse 32, Sir, that you have ordered, but there's still room. You have to order people who think they don't belong. The servant, the master orders those folks who are in deep need to come. So here we are finishing up with this last couple of slides. Sir, what you've ordered has been done. There's still room. More room at the table. You see the expansion? You see what's going on here? The love of God, the fullness of God, the glory of God that Jesus both is and exudes breaks out in our world as God puts heaven and earth back together again, restores all of our lives and the whole universe. Love breaks out God's profound love for us. And the next thing you know, we get reconciled with him and with each other. And we say, I am your conduit, almighty God, to invite other people into this unbelievable new life of reconciliation, of learning to live loved. That's what we do if we're followers of Jesus. So go out in the roads in the country and invite anybody you can. There's a lot of room at the table. And then he, he reminds us that this is serious business. Verse 24, I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste. What he means is this. If you want to choose not to come, I'm going to let you choose it. You, if you don't want to be in on this, if you want to do it on your own, okay. That's what he's saying. Well, this is a phenomenal invitation to you and to me. This table, this song that we're going to sing. It's Christmas. We have Advent. All of this is going on. And here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you right now in two ways. When we come together on Sundays, we should always expect to be challenged by these words that we read. By God's presence as we know God in the words of Scripture. And there's two challenges for you. One of them is really easy. Send your pictures do that but here's the other one this is the challenge I want to live with and I want you to live with it with me and it's an important challenge because every single one of us wants to be a part of something bigger than ourselves we want our lives our mission to be about something bigger than ourselves I want you to want what I want I want my life to be about God's mission to put heaven and earth back together again of course that begins with me deciding to join the team and jump in Yes, but here's how you can do it. How can you become a part of the word-of-mouth process of helping reconcile because of compassion how to make this table bigger? There's two ways. One of them is to just deal with yourself. Will you right now decide, I, so I give up. I want to be with you, Jesus. Right now, wherever you are, sitting at home drinking coffee, pull up to the edge of your couch right now in this room, decide right now, I, get, I surrender. I want to be right again with you. I'm racing to get my seat at the table. That's one way I want to challenge us all this morning. But the other one is this. Who is it in your life, someone you care about, in which you can be a part of the compassion and the reconciliation and the expansion that we know is a part of the heart of God. Who, maybe it goes this way. Maybe it's somebody who you are close to but you think is far from God. And you're going to find a way with compassion or reconciliation or expansion, one of those three or all three of them, to do something for that person. This week, this month, come to the table. Maybe that's what you're going to do. Invite them. And here's how you invite them to something, to anything. Word of mouth, relationship. Don't text message them. Call them on the phone. Invite them face to face. Have some way of helping someone you care about. Maybe this person is a person who's also a follower of Jesus, but it's just not connected in any important way. And you can connect them. Or maybe they're strayed, and you're just going to chase because strays need to be chased. But maybe it's somebody who is far from God, and you, but not, but close to you, and you love them. Reach out to them. I'm going to pray for us now that we respond to this challenge, to the invitation in our own lives and in the bigness of God's world as God puts heaven and earth back together again. Please let me pray for us on this first great Sunday in the coming of the Messiah, Advent first Sunday. Gracious God, we thank you that this banquet that we've been invited to turns us into people that are like the way you made us in the beginning. We come as we are with whatever we have. We bring it. 
and you've made a seat for us. You've invited us. It's a huge table, and we want to be a part of it. Help us not to get trapped into elbowing you out of the way because of other things in our lives, even good things. So we thank you, gracious God, that we can respond a couple of ways. We can be people who say yes to you right now in our own personal lives, but we can also be people that you use by word-of-mouth invitation to extend compassion, to extend reconciliation, to extend expansion. You will use us to help invite someone else to the table, someone else into your presence. That's the kind of people we want to be, expansion people, reconciliation people, compassionate people. Gracious God, help us to exude, because we're near you, help us to exude the qualities that you want to put in us, becoming the full and complete men and women that you made us to be. All this, celebrating the coming of the Messiah, Advent, in the name of Jesus, the one who reconciled us all. Amen. Joy to the world, the Lord.